Hello. Just to reiterate that this week's podcast is a parody. There are no personal attacks intended on any of the people or the stories that we reference because it's a parody. Woke Asian guy. And Egg White. Should I refer to you as Wokey? Yes, you can call me Wokey, Woke Asian guy. There's okay. always a warm-up element involved in this. Does that make you feel better? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Your name this week is Oliver Reed. That's your generic white guy name. Mm. Oliver, after you pissing me off this week. Can we have a theme tune? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to put the theme tune now. There you go. What do you think of the theme tune? That's amazing. Can I have my own theme tune as well? Okay, here's your own theme tune. It just sounds weird now, so uh, bye. How about that? <laughs> oh, that's, that's amazing. Shall we just get straight to the shit? Okay, so should we just, what we just is say annoying, what's pissing what, me off? What is annoying Wokey? Radio 4. That's this week's rant. That's what pisses me off. And it's probably good that you, Oliver Reed, is on the call because the demographic for Radio 4 is you, not me. And I want it to be me, but it will never be me. And it'll just be you. Do you listen to Radio 4? Should I say yes? Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, so I'm doing some Jedi mind shit on you. So when's the last decent Radio 4 play you listened to? They, they have quite a good variety of plays on... on the BBC Sound, I mean, to be honest, right, I don't listen to, to Radio 4 as a live streaming radio service. I, it's more it's more the BBC Sounds app. You get away. Uh, yes, I listen to Radio 4, but not in the conventional sense of what of, of how you're saying. I listen. So to you, you listen to it as AOD, audio on demand? Yes. Why don't you often say that? Well, you, you just have. Oh, okay. Well, that corrects that one. I am a frustrated writer, right? So I'm writing loads of shit that no one reads. That's fine. So I've decided to write a 45-minute radio play, and what do you do with research when you're going to submit something to a radio station that does plays? You listen to it. Yay! Wow. Yeah, you're on the ball, Oliver. So, I listened to basically 15 45-minute plays, and all of them were basically mental. Essentially, all of it's old school. All of it's all these middle-class people just with their fake middle-class anxieties. All of it's just, like, pointless. So the, the the people in the plays that you're listening to are did you say is you a middle class? Yes, it's like post-war conversations that they've recorded on the wireless. They just had these monologues of like people. I don't know anyone who talks like that, and I have a broad range of friends, not just you. Surprisingly, they talk in this stilted manner about subjects that's pretty like it just cancels itself out. I'm not really understanding what you're really saying. So could you? Yeah. Oh, that's fine. Basically, okay. just use words instead of just kind of making noises. Yeah, okay. I'll try to formulate these as words. So, one play I listened to is about a woman with a dead alcoholic husband who wants to give her house to some kid that she accidentally traumatised. A, tr- a childhood friend of her adopted son? Does that sound convoluted? I take it's, it's not a comedy. It's a drama, right? Oh, yeah, you know, it's a drama. There's like... no black humour or anything to it. Yeah, but li- li- life is pretty complicated, isn't it? So, so you know, it's, 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 sometimes it's kind of, it's, it's, it's sometimes it's it's so kind of granular and and so niche that actually that makes that's what makes it relatable. So, do you know anyone in a believable sense that would give their house to their adopted son's friend? It depends on the situation. I, I think many people. I would like to think many people probably would, depending on the situation. So, why is it you don't? It's, like your it's not. It's not diverse enough. 
And there's, it's just one demographic of people that record and write radio four plays, four plays. I said four plays. Yep, there's one. This is one other play where the entire subplot was about the gut. Yeah. Don't you think that's mental? All they did was talk about the gut. So this is voiceover goes, yes, the gut. Sometimes you get irritable bowel syndrome. There is no understanding of how irritable bowel syndrome because science has not fathomed that out. This isn't a play I'm listening to. Do I really give a fuck about someone's gut? Give us a bit of background. Whose gut was it? I don't know. I sort of tuned out after about like 10 minutes well, in. You, you, I'll give it... If, it, look, if you're going to criticise, you've got to give it the full. You've got to get the full facts because then we can, we we can work with the full the full information, can't we? Oliver, at the moment, I, you're just I, going. I, I tried. You, at the moment, you're you're just you're just saying you're just saying I don't I don't want to you know oh it's just someone's guts so yeah yeah man I just want to yeah, oh my god it's just I can't get behind someone's someone's guts but actually that those guts might have been behind you know like let's say they might have been the guts of a war hero they might have been the guts of a prime minister they might have been the guts of a, a vile dictator you don't know because you didn't listen because you didn't give it the time of day because you've already made a preconceived idea about something. Well, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. The, the actual episode is definitely not talking about the guts of a D-Day survivor. It's not talking about a dictator like General Pinochet. And it's not talking about anyone that's even remotely relatable to me in any way, shape or form. It's just a husband and wife couple having a... Have, oh, God, having the most shittest domestic ever and using the gut as some kind of weird counterpoint. That's, that's the thing about the Radio 4 plays. 4 plays. 4 plays is the fact that it's just all subtext. And some of it, maybe it's just making me look stupid, but the subtext is a bit too subtexty for me. Is the gut what? Is the gut reference to their relationship? The food that travels through and just like they shit it out. Is, that, is, is their marriage just shat out on the, on the pan? Then they flush their marriage away. That's how deep this shit gets. And I don't really understand it. Well, that's, that's you, probably, you probably completely, you just jokingly mentioning it then. I think it's, you probably hit the nail on the head. It probably is a complete metaphor for their relationship. So the initial spark, the initial kind of taste, the, the amazing kind of taste of a relationship when you first put that food in your mouth and it's and it's something like a food you've never tasted before and it's just, you know, all your sensations and, and your taste buds are, are going completely crazy. Like, what what the hell is this? That's the feeling. That's the feeling that you get when you're in love, isn't it? That's you could you could liken that that to to a love. And then and then obviously you know as, as the relationship kind of goes along and you you're not it's not so much of it becomes more of a more of a everyday. Sometimes it could be more mundane or you become more complacent. A bit like the food kind of traveling down your your digestive system, and then until you shit it out, and then and obviously then that would be the the breakup of a relationship or, or the very, very you know, down, dark days of, of a relationship. I don't know. I haven't listened to, to the uh, the radio play, but this is, I'm kind of trying to get behind and get what the writer could possibly be thinking. And you say that you are a writer. Surely you should be doing this as well. So so what kind of stuff are you writing? What well, is the well, stuff that you're writing? But no, but okay, well, no, no, we'll, ironically, we'll get... ironically, the stuff that you're writing, you want to be on Radio 4. So what, what is it that you're writing? Because I want to write shit What is it that you're rules. writing? Look, okay, look, before... don't, don't let no, me do no, my... Don't, let, don't, don't, don't make me do my Paxman. Don't no, no, make no, me do my Paxman. No. I'm giving you a compliment. What are you writing? I'm about to, I'm about to what give you, you a writing? compliment. What are you writing? No, no, I'm going to get to that in a sec. Don't let me do my Paxman. Don't let me do my Paxman. Can I just give you a compliment? Can I just give you a... I'm actually giving you a genuine compliment. Okay, and then I'll then I'll explain exactly what I'm writing that somehow 
is not part of the Radio 4 universe. The way you described the story in your own view of the gut, it was a better pitch than me having to listen to the entire 45-minute play. You actually, I actually would commission that if I was a commissioner, what you just said. That's probably how I got commissioned. But, but you didn't pitch the project. It's, but your rendition of it is amazing. It's absolutely brilliant. I was engaged. I was like the gut, the metaphor, everything. You're like Terence Malick, but for radio. It's like the thin red line of food. Before you start getting all Paxman on me again, this is actually based on a true story. It's called 51st Arranged Dates. So it's a 45-minute play that I wrote based on a really embarrassing situation. Would you like to know more? It's all right. No one really listens to, to the earlier podcast, so carry on. That's fine. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Say it like it is. So basically, in a nutshell, I was trying to be anti-middle like middle class, anti-people like people talking about their anxieties that one point, somehow just, no one to, in the real no, world has. No, this no, is no, real wokey, issue that I went wokey, through. Wokey, wokey. I just have to stop you there. Right. What is your, your hang-up? With middle class. Well, no, no, it's only I know I've got no hang up with middle class. You've so when mentioned I'm... it a number of times. You don't no. like you don't, you, and you've mentioned it a number of times of like of like the issues of middle class and and the way you think radio forwards is their plays are, are are tailored towards the middle class. What is it that you you have got against the middle class? I know I've got nothing against the middle class across the board. That's not the issue. It's just Why that radio four has a concentration of middle class, end to end. Every single play of those 15 that I listened to, it was the same kind of anxiety thing that no one else gets through. It reminds me of those dinner parties I have, where I'm just like, I drift in and out of people's conversations, because you know, I bought a car last week. Yeah, yeah, a giant vehicle. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just customized it with a new engine. Yeah, yeah. It does like 16 gallons and like the pound. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's even got a horn that goes, bah, 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 bah. I honk it at people that I think are less superior than I am. <laughs> it makes me feel Technically. like I've got a car from three feet long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you've just said that you go you, like dinner parties. You host well, dinner parties. You live in West London. You basically are saying that you know you are middle class. You live the middle class existence. You you are the woke Asian guy. You are Mister Middle Class, right? And yet you've got something against against middle classes no, I, and, I, and I, the representation I, of middle classes. So so have you got like body or class dysmorphia? No, but I'd love to know what that is. But that's for another. I'm going to put that in the show notes. It's basically like it sounds to me that you're picking up on and what you're saying you don't like about Radio Four is actually all the insecurities about yourself. And you're saying that you don't like you don't like this about about Radio Four because it's all very, very middle class. And actually, you're living a very very middle class existence, and there's nothing wrong with that. For even you to admit that you're middle class is like would be oh that's bad because no, I want to be I want to be this this edgy kind of writer, man. Oh yeah, yeah, I want to be an edgy writer. Yeah, I, I've been working the streets. Yeah, okay. going around some CD kind of back alleys, just getting my ideas. And yeah, I've been doing all that. And, and when actually the truth is, you've basically been living in a very nice, safe kind of suburban West London neighbourhood for a number of years. And, Maybe that's uh, pissing me off. Yeah. Basically, I am accidental middle class trying to be working class. Yeah. And I'm trying, to, I'm trying to write stories from the street. And again, Radio 4 doesn't write stories from the street. They write it from the street in 1947, but not now. 
Now, there's this other show that I listened to, right? It was about this Black Asian minority ethnic writer. That's all cool. It's all great. But once it got through the development process of Radio 4, the main character who wanted to be a street rapper was the most unconvincing, most unrealistic street rapper ever. Hold no, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. So, but you've just, you've just, you've just said that the, the writer was from the minority of, of the, the same. You can say, you can say POC. There's loads of acronyms. B-A-M-E, POC, well, BBC, you, you, ITV. So, so the, main, the main character was what ethnicity? Or, or, or... No, he's black. He's black. Okay, he's, a, he's, says, he's an up-and-coming and, black writer, and but the, he was corrupted the, within the system, kid. And the writer, you think that it's been, it's like someone's just gone to to Oxbridge. And so, so can maybe that black writer went to Oxbridge? No. Uh, maybe I might do, might need to do my research on this because that's something we don't do. But well, he's trying to do something hang on, hang on, hang street on. related. Let's, let's blast from the past, Joves. Joves, can you clarify a few things about about the writer, please? Seriously, just unplug me. I've had enough. Yeah, I no, look. Just don't insult me. Just just actually get to the facts. Are you actually still doing this stupid podcast? I thought you would have given up by now. So that's cleared that one up. Okay, um, cool. Yep, I've been schooled on that one. Thank you, so, James. Bastard. So, you, what you're saying is... Basically, the street you, you, rapper... Yeah, no, no. Not even getting into the plot of this, this, this first. You're saying that this play that has been written by Black Writer, uh, and it's a play being commissioned on Radio 4. Now, now, Tick, you are very pro this. You think this is very, very, you know, a progressive move. Yes. Am I right? Yes. Yes. But then then you think that something is missing. It's like the dialogue is, you know, the head's been almost, it doesn't sound realistic to, to you, and almost as if what well, it's been written by a whole load of Oxbridge graduates. Then he shouldn't be writing it if he's going to do a street rapper that lives in, like, an urban area in London. It should be given to someone who's, like, got the authentic voice. It's like getting goat curry or curry goat. And putting chips in it and go, well, it's now authentic, ain't it? Really? It's what, what, so you can only write what you know? Well, yeah. Hang, hang on, hang on. So Peter Morgan so writing how, about the Queen and the Royals. Hold on. So this is, this is actually quite an important point. So, so how do you feel about actors? Well, how do you feel about Eddie Redmayne playing Stephen Hawking? Because he's not Stephen Hawking disabled. Yes. So, okay, no, no, you got a good point. I mean, I think he was the best actor to play Stephen Hawking. Tom Hanks playing Forrest Gump. Tom Hanks, as far as I'm aware, doesn't have a uh, learning disability. Um, yeah, but he was the best actor for the role. That's the thing. He played a very good role. Anyway, to go back to that, you you remember that what that story I was just telling you now about the woman who tried to give her house to that son's friend, the adopted son's friend. The, yes, the adopted it, son was okay, black. Okay, so ha hang on. So, so you've changed, you just changed radio play because you can't think of... Yeah, okay, fine. Yeah. I was actually going to give an anecdote. An anecdote. There's a whole subplot where they're talking about goat curry, curry goat, and it went in for ages. Yeah. Because the, the white mother, she made curry goat. Or was it goat curry? And it was wrong. So the son had to correct him and go, no, no, it's curry goat or goat curry. And he had to keep, carry on. That was probably the most diverse thing out of the entire episode of the house giving. Okay. I mean, I don't know. Did I culturally research that? Is it curry goat, goat curry? Because all you have to do is Google it. 
Yeah, but sure, surely that's part of the, the what they're doing is they're trying to make put it into context and make it relatable, right? So sometimes you don't know what to say, do you? And actually having and and a lot of the time hearing you know people kind of going, oh, sorry, I don't, don't really know what to say. Is that that's surely that's quite honest and that's quite refreshing. Surely, so so why are you mocking kind of this honest and refreshing approach? You know, I don't really understand your point against this. Let's let's move let's move on to to the the, the play about the grime artist. Okay, so so what what don't you like about that? Obviously, you think that the the dialogue or the the, the when he's when he's uh, the script is is not is not in keeping with what would with urban speak. Yeah, um, it didn't and, have the right okay. lingo to it. Okay, I, I, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna put it out there how do you know i've got quite a wide range of friends and i listen to quite a lot of street music my, myself thank you very okay. much so, okay so you when you say you got quite a lot, I'm down with it you've got you've, got quite, you've got quite a wide range of friends just sorry i, I don't really understand what you're saying oh, i've got quite a wide range of friends from various backgrounds and various kind of like socio-economic backgrounds so when someone is very street, I can tell they're street because I can get down with it. And this play seemed to have been transmogrified from a street. You might as well just written it in Soho House right next to a bar. Don't go out of Soho House and go around Soho and Fitzrovia and just look at all the kind of like low lives and all the kind of like the melting pot of diversity. Just write what you think they're like. Give me an example of, of, the, of, the, of the, the dialogue which you, th- which you think was, uh, you know, unrealistic. Well, I didn't actually make a note of the dialogue because this is all anecdotal. Okay, fanta- so, fantastic, so, fantastic, so what fantastic I'm gonna point. Do, what I'm fantastic gonna do, point there, there, Mr. Wokey. As it's a it's recording, any good. you're going to edit this to make me look like a complete idiot guy. Okay, I know my place. All right. Brother, 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 don't need no editing to make you look bad. Just saying. And there are always these pretentious lines. Right? right, another play. There's actually one, one, one whole line. It was like, smiley-faced emoji melting in the rain. Who says that? Have you said that to your like friends in your in a pub? Look, at that, look at that drink. It's a smiley-faced emoji melting in the rain. Well, woke Asian guy, right? You're a writer. You, you've you obviously heard of, of you know like artistic license. Pretentious artistic license is a bridge too far for me. So, so give me give me the context of, of the smiley emoji melting in the rain. Yeah, it sounds very much like Blade Runner, doesn't it? Give me the context. Basically, give me the context. Give me the context. The context is actually well, this one was actually quite interesting, but borderline pretentious. So basically, it's Joseph Conrad's famous play, Hearts of Darkness, and the lady was playing a person that had to go up the river to find Kurtz and kill Kurtz and all that. The horror, the horror, and. At one point, and because it's like a, it's like a pretentious melange, right? It was like they, they put modern elements into it. So she's like going in a speedboat and she's got machine guns and they've got a helicopter and she like keeps mentioning it, all of this and all that. Then, right, they have to like put the old pretentious photometer a little bit over. And while she's wistfully staring across the lake, she goes, smiley faced emoji melting in the rain. So taking a historical context drama, modernizing it, then basically sprinkle a little pretension in. In what way is that pretentious? So, like, like, okay, so, so, so they're doing a modern, modern adaptation of an older play. Yeah, you don't, have, you don't have a problem with that. I take it. I take it. You're, you're probably, in fact, you're the type of guy that in the mid '90s you probably would have had Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet on your wall, and you would have listened to nothing other than, than the, the soundtrack on repeat. You're yes. That, you're that type of guy, aren't you? 
Yes, that's, that's 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 what we're dealing with here, right? So so therefore you 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 are pretty you actually quite like you quite like the the fact that it's it's you know the and appreciate an old play being put into into a modern context. You're you're probably a fan of Sherlock as well with Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman. The the uh, the, the, the and what's and appreciate what Stephen Moffat has done with that. Or even elementary, the 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 one with Johnny Lee Miller and Lucy Liu in, uh, in the the US version. So you, again, so so there's there's nothing really bad there that you don't like. At the end of the day, it's a story, isn't it? And and we are all storytellers. This is what you're doing when you're writing. You want to be that storyteller. So the, you don't have any any problem with with initial stories or putting them into you know because obviously a good story. It doesn't matter what time you set it in; you, that it's relatable, whatever. And this, this is with the examples I've just given. This is proof that that's that's the case. So by putting it into into modern context, and then yeah, you need to update your references. But if you can tie in an, a modern reference with, with with part of the original original text, then that isn't surely that's not pretentious. Surely that's actually quite clever, and quite a clever wordplay and quite a clever wording. And so that's using language to their advantage and kind of getting the best out of language because it was written by a writer and someone who appreciates in the English language and writing. And surely that's what you should be doing, being calling yourself a writer. Yes, it's, but it's like it's like I'm like YouTube, real words for real people. Wait, 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 Listen, if you listen to to my point, you little get off your soapbox, you woke little twat. Hold on a sec, I'm just getting off my soapbox. Carry on. What I actually said with that was. He's what the writer, uh, who whoever they are, was probably trying to do, and I don't know because I've not listened to it because I, because you're the one having a go at me. But once again, your ill-informed, preconceived ideas and opinions are completely uninformed and un, un, uneducated. Ironic, considering the background, but it's the background that you try and make out that you don't have. When when you when you kind of walk into like a bar, when you're allowed to walk into a bar. Do you sort of like adjust your? You sort of walk in, going, "Oh, mate, all right, yeah, all right, yeah, oh, yeah, it's been hard day, isn't it? yeah, ooh, ooh. look at me, I'm ever so working class, oh yeah, ooh, ooh. and try and fit in, or are you a social chameleon? I try to be a social chameleon. Well, I have to sort of like deliver to the fans, and if my fans are of various backgrounds, I shall adjust my patois. Anyway, so, so what? So what? So, so what? This, this writer was obviously trying to do was trying to link something new and contemporary with the previous text of of the of the play. And yeah. so, all right. It, it, so she sent you, an emoji to someone. Okay, so you don't think this worked very well? That's fine. It's subjective. We're all allowed that opinion because because we're in the art, arts and that and it's all subjective. But surely you can appreciate what they're trying to do. Whereas I'd, I don't think anyone could appreciate what you're trying to do, which is, I don't really know, you're kind of criticising someone for picking someone up on, you're just saying, oh, they're doing this, and you're doing this. But you're actually, you're going in with a very narrow-minded, preconceived idea already, without That's... kind of going, well, it might have been this, or they might have been trying to do this. Yes, that's because I've got a massive chip on my shoulder. Completely. Can you see it? Ironically, would you like fish with that? Yes. Ironically, you're, put some you, mayonnaise on that shit as well. That's probably you're you're doing the complete opposite to what you're coming across the complete opposite way in which you actually have one. I feel like I'm actually learning from you. 
which is interesting. So what you're saying is smiley faced emoji melting in the rain is actually sublime art. It doesn't really matter what I say, however I come across, because you're just going to edit it just so, so I'm, I'm, oh yeah, look. I'm just yeah. saying, you're, you're the benchmark, you're the key demographic. Don't you think, as someone who is of that demographic, don't you think, I want to listen to something a little bit different? Well, that is a little bit different, isn't it? Not really. Don't, don't you get bored? Of like in, listening to people's ways, anxieties, just... unrelatable anxieties. Hang on, hang on, hang on. You've just contradicted yourself. That you've said, you've said that that's it's kind of it, you've said before that was different, and that's but it's a little bit too different. And now you're saying it's too different. Well known within certain circles. I've never heard of fucking crap thing, but I'm uncultured, so I don't really, you know. So I'm probably not not the best person to judge this. So. They're taking this story and putting it into, which is, you know, supposedly well known and putting it into a modern context. Or they're taking a story which is, which is probably well known within, within a certain demographic and they're trying to appeal it, make it appealing to a different demographic, whether that's age or gender or race or whatever. So surely what's, what is the pro problem with doing that? Oh, well, is, that, is, is that not what Baz Luhrmann did with William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet in the 90s? Technically, yes. <sighs> but he made it fun and entertaining and not stale. And why is it stale? Okay, it's stale. Like, yeah, but then, then we're getting just things to, to subjective, subjectivity, aren't we? So you just don't like it because you think it's boring. And that's fine. You're perfectly allowed. Like, no, it's, it's, not, it's not boring by any means because they seem to have like a, a massive fan base and a following. And I'm sure that everyone's just going to basically email me because people get triggered over certain things. And I think because I'm mentioning Radio 4 and the plays on there, which are all very well made, got no criticism, but it just seems a bit all samey. Yeah, this, this is basically you. So what I'm saying is I don't really like Radio 4, but, but I do like Radio 4, but I don't like Radio 4. But I do like it. Is your name Boris Johnson? Is everything so literal with you? Yes. Okay, so but you're supposed to be a writer. Yes. How are you supposed to be a writer? writer? How are you supposed to be a writer if if everything you do is literal? Surely the point of, of writing is so you can write from different points of view. Even if you're doing a story which is very literal, you would have more than one character in, and then you need to you need to write empathy with a different, so people can actually you know, feel that empathy with different characters. Yes. I mean, I mean, you you haven't really thought this whole woke thing through, have you? No, of course not. I'm working it through as I speak it, like most people do in life. So. We might have rebranded this this show to you know to you being the woke Asian guy. It's so okay. Radio Four is well, what else has annoyed you then? Woke Asian well, guy. Well, nothing else. No, that's pretty much it. That is it. So to pitch my uh, idea. Hang on, hang on, hang on. So that so you've only got annoyed. Okay, you. Did. Sorry, I just find this quite hard, quite hard to uh, to really fathom. You only get annoyed by Radio Four. Yes. Do this you realise? Next week I'll be see... pissed off about uh, Jim Davidson. Whoa, whoa, 
Okay. Do you realize and do you understand how ironic this is? That the only thing that's annoyed you in the entire world, the entire world in the last week before since we've we've done the last recording is Radio 4. Do you yes. see, can you not see just how fucking middle class that sounds? I like to pinpoint my frustration on one specific thing. If I get frustrated about everything, I'll end up like you. I'm not frustrated about everything. I'm just frustrated about you. I'm not frustrated about everything. I I just like, like to know a bit more information before making an opinion, which is maybe you should. I'm not, I'm not annoyed about everything. You, you, you think just because I ask questions, you think that's me being annoyed. That's, that's me just, just out of curiosity and trying to find things out. Cause it seems, it appears that maybe, you know, actually asking questions is bad, but surely asking questions and finding out, all the information so I can then form my own opinion is a good thing. Because otherwise, if you turn, otherwise, what's going to happen is I'm going to turn up to a podcast without, you know, we're going, yeah, this is, this is the new format of the show. What's going on? I don't really know because I don't like this, but I don't know why. We are in the same position, are we not, woke Asian guy, where we have a podcast, we had an idea, we wanted to do something different with it, and once again, we have failed because we are totally useless and we can't do anything and everything we touch turns to shit. It's a slow burner, put it that way. But to ask you the question about Radio 4, are you happy with the state of Radio 4 plays? Are you happy with the format where it's just one single voice going through the airwaves? Honestly, uh, you know, there were probably nine times out of nine times out of ten. I know I don't like Radio Four Place. I don't like Radio Four Place, and and I could have just said that and could agree with you straight off, and it would have been a very very short podcast. But at least I've got a few reasons for why I don't like them. It's because I I think I, they they sound they sound quite smuggy. They sound they don't they don't really sound. And I try and I persist and persist and persist to try and listen to them. I. I think they're sometimes quite hard to kind of get on board with very quickly, which, you know, like my attention span is very, very short. I'm, if I'm not on board and switched on within within the first 30 seconds, then that's it. I might as well just, just, uh, just you know, like, it's totally, totally off. The, I think sometimes the, the, the After characters... After the podcast, you can go to sleep. The, the characters, the, yeah, so some of the, sometimes the characters are, are again, you know, they're, they're they're a bit stereotyped. I think this is the characters. They're not particularly particularly well drawn. There are, obviously there are there are some amazing there's amazing stuff which is on Radio Four and 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 not getting away from that. And and they do put you know lots of really great really great things on and stand up. Back in the day, they had Little Britain and the Mighty Boosh and obviously Day to Day and all and all the com- comedy which we probably can't refer to because it's all been cancelled. Yeah, by, you just referred by, to two cancelled shows in every way, shape, and form, which I by, disagree with. By your what? What name? But not, how, but no, no, how, no, no. But that's comedies. How, how, I actually love the comedies you, that how they can, do. How can you disagree with that? Because because you're Mister Woke, so surely you you must you must you agree with them being cancelled. No, no, no. I disagree. They should not be cancelled. They are sort of capsules of their time. They're quite no. horrific. In terms of like poor taste, especially with Little Britain, but they were made, they were big in the day, and they should be kept around, not be cancelled by any means. But that's not a very woke, woke thing to say. 
I'm, I've, uh, yeah, I've actually switched off the uh, woke button on my machine just for like 15 seconds. It's been like, again, we've talked about curry and chips. That should be in circulation just as, as a historical context. Yeah. But you're, but you're talking, no, no, but you're talking about comedy, Alexis Salen, or the comedy. I'm talking about drama. You walk into a pub with your mate to do a five hour drinking session. Those are the kind of like dialogue, story structure that should be on Radio 4. And face it, Radio 4 is the only one doing actual plays for the ears. No other station is really doing it. So there's only one kind of like funnel to put your words in. But I hear you. I hear what you're saying. But where's that? Where's that? You, you, you drinking session for five hours talking to your mates going, yeah, yeah, then I did this and this, that and all that, you know, then... Are you going to turn around and just like go, oh, look, mate, sorry, I was going to look at my phone with my tear-filled emojis riding you're around make, in the rain? You're, ma you're making quite a lot of assumptions. Oh, yeah, I oh, know. I'm making a load of you're assumptions. You're making quite a lot of assumptions. Firstly, I've got mates, right? Yes. You're making assumptions, yeah. Secondly, I go on four, four or five-hour drinking binges. Because you so, do know I like to reinvent reality. You do know that. Well, so so you, you so as a writer, obviously you can do it. Then you can do it. So you're not that literal. So so surely, why can't you put yourself in the position of and see things from from the writer's point of view, what they're trying to do and what they're trying to achieve? Yeah, but it's not the world that I seem to live in. And in fact, none of them what I've listened to are the world that I live in. You want to live in a world where you think, oh God, I could I could smell Hackney or Fitzrovia. I can I can smell the pub they're drinking. You and Fitz in. fucking no. Rovia. You and Fitz fucking Rovia. Oh yeah, oh, I want I want to smell Fitz Rovia. Oh yeah, oh, 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 oh. I want to smell all the cunts drinking all their fucking overpriced coffee. If you want to look at it in this context, look at this in this context. Soho is middle class. Fitz Rovia is working class. So I strive as a middle class person by accident to go into the working class atmosphere, even though they've got quite nice pubs. But that's hang not on, the point. Hang on, hang and on. Overpriced Fitz, beers. Hang on, hang on. Fitzroy, you're saying Fitzrovia? Yes. In central London, is working class. Well, if you compare it to Soho, yes, it's that little bit less dynamic, no. bit more no. rough and ready. No. It's got the you, Charlotte Street Hotel. You, you really, you, I don't think you can really get away with that one. And uh, why, why do you say that you're, 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 you're middle class by accident? Well. You know, just the friends I'm, I've hang around with, all the people I hang around with. They're trying to drag me up a level when I want to drag myself down a level and be a bit more street. Because that's where the writing is real. All the stuff that I write is real. It's authentic stories. And they're taking that away from me, Kit. Radio 4 and the shows, they're all taking it away from me. Tell, tell me a plot of one of your real stories. Well, to go back, basically... See, this ticks quite a few boxes. It ticks the older diversity box, ticks the older gender bias box, and a couple of other boxes. I went through an eccentric period where my parents tried to marry me off. Yes, it happened. And I met, I met these range of ladies who basically were not compatible with me, not because they weren't compatible with me, but because I wasn't compatible with them, and they're all quite eccentric and bizarre. Yeah. So that's pitch one. Pitch two is, so, so basically the range of women I actually met, one of them couldn't stop crying, not because of me. She just couldn't stop crying. So I was like, that's, that's a great start. Another one, 
Chat, no, you could speak English. Wait, 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 wait. You're a writer, right? Yes. You're going, you're going to a story. I don't want to know the story. Just give me the pitch. Because all you said is like so far is, is all I've heard is me, 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 me. I, I'm a commissioning editor. I don't know who the fuck you are. You seriously have got like an egocentric complex, which which just just right, as as the adjective, just because uh, I've pulled this up on Google right now, egocentric one, thinking only of oneself without regard of other feelings or desires of uh, to others. Tick. Self-centered, egocentric Tick. loners with an overinflated sense of self-worth. Right. Tick. Okay, but why? Is that going to be any more relatable than, than the plays that you've you've criticised on Radio Four? Well, it's just a different voice, I th- isn't I it? I think I think you're you're criticising the things on Radio Four because actually you 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 kind of you relate to them far more than you actually like to admit that you relate to them, uh, even in in the sense of the writing style, even the, even the sense of their their slightly self indulgent writing style. Yeah, that, that's a weakness. You, in you, you, you're you're like Robin to, Williams in Goodwill Hunting. You're, you're, you're dropping me with all this science. I'm going to start crying. So, you, go just, back like, to... just like Piers, Piers, more again, you made some valid points and you made some not so valid points. So, it goes back to your play, your writing. Yes. Regardless, I don't want to know that it's about your, your, your history. I want to know what the play is about. So, give me the one minute elevator pitch. We're about oh. to go up. Doors go now. Okay. So the story is about this guy in his mid-twenties whose parents are trying to marry him off, even though he's actually a British-born Asian. And the ladies that he's actually introduced to are not exactly all there. So some of them... So basically, it's a, it's a giant, giant... I'm actually going to edit this to make, it, to make me look better. So the elevator pitch is something I've not practised. That is actually the pitch. So, what, what, do I get my commission? <clears throat> okay. It might tick one box. It, it ticks the, uh, the Asian box. Yes. Tick. And also, uh, more importantly, it's ticked the didn't do his homework right. box. It that's sounds, a, that's it, a big, big, big plus. It sounds very, very um, uh, misogynistic. Because you've just said. Yeah, it's about a guy, Asian guy, Indian guy, in his twenty, in his um, in mid twenties or early twenties, in his parents trying to marry him off, meeting these women. You're implying there's something wrong with the women. Oh no, no, there's, no. and there's not. Well, well, that's how that's how it came. That's if you listen back, that's you you actually implying that there's something wrong with the women and not the central character. Surely the whole point is there is something not not wrong, but there's something different about this this guided character because. He doesn't want that, and yes, that's but... that's the problem. That's yes. the problem. So, so there's there's nothing wrong. There's something quite quite you know like eccentric and quirky, and that's where that's where the humour comes from from the through the you know through the the women that he's he's trying to be paired off with. But there's nothing wrong with those women. Yes, that's because I sold it badly. Can't you tell? You know what I'm going to do? I'm actually going to do the elevator pitch properly prepared. So so basically, so basically when when you recut this right. And you've you've put in your amazing elevator pitch, and then you've still left this bit in. You're just going to make me sound like a total and utter prick again, because well, I've ju- I've just said some comments which are completely un un, un, un you know, irrelevant. 
and oh, misguided. You've, you've actually made some very good points. I'm actually quite surprised with this podcast. You've you've been you've you've been switched on. I'm quite impressed. I actually feel really bad. So, what should we call so this now, this episode? Well, I think this episode should be called that. Woke Asian guy gets schooled because I went in with one particular. <laughs> I went in with one particular set ideal of being angry, and now you've actually turned me over going, yeah, maybe the writing is actually really good. Maybe I'm not getting exactly what the writers are doing. And, and maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just too angry. So now, you know what I'm going to do? I am going to write a 45-minute play about you and me. Doing a podcast. It's going to be doing a podcast that's basically falling on its ass. So one... Is going to be relatable to all these people that have created podcasts during the pandemic and have no fucking idea what they're talking about. And when the pandemic ends, we are going to get higher ranking because everyone else has gone back to work. <laughs> this is actually a win-win situation. You see, you find comedy in the most obvious places. We haven't found it for the first 26 fucking episodes of this podcast, but we're still trying, Kit. We're still trying. Okay, so to the end of the podcast, so what we learned, what has Woke Asian Guy, you tell me, what has Woke Asian Guy learned? Well, well, surely you're Woke Asian Guy, so surely you should be telling me what you've learned. I know, but I've been educated very eloquently by you. What you've learned? Yes, what have I learned? This is a learning moment. Well, I I hope that what you're going to take away from this is when when you you go to... uh, in your future writing, you can you can put yourself in in different positions to uh, to write fuller characters. And more you know identi- what? More identifiable characters. I will do that. I, and pe- I hope when when you get when you get annoyed about stuff and you you want you know you do work Asian guy rants. I hope that that you actually have more than just the the very the idea. You actually it's padded out with a few few other things like you know a few points that you want to you want to say and you know like you look you look at you look at something that you do you don't like an opinion you don't like and you you look at you know the background to that opinion you look at the you know where it came from you you look at um, one side of the argument you look at the other side of the argument and then you make your own mind up i hope that's what you're taking away from this yes I've felt I've learned something. You just made you've you've actually stopped me from being angry at everything now. Have I turned your life ways into life win? You've actually I'm surprised. You've actually turned my life woe of having a chip on my shoulder and being angry at a certain demographic and made it into a life win. Because I'm actually fucking middle class. Could, can and you, now can I you... need to embrace that middle classness. Say goodbye, Kit. Okay, so thank you, Kit. I thought I was um, Oliver Reed. Oh, well, no, no. I've actually promoted you because you've won me over with your eloquent argument. I've actually I've, given your real name back. I thought I was a generic white guy to your well, woke Asian guy. Well, well no. You're, you're, I'm far too impressed with your... It's like an alcoholic that just basically gets a little bit of wisdom in that salient moment. Uh, thanks for listening very much. And Wisconsin, we love you. Yes. Okay. That, that, that's that's a that's a joke from last episode. So oh yeah, you have to remind obviously. the audience that doesn't listen that it was a joke from another episode that they didn't listen. Anyway, I am going to single-mindedly be pissed off about something else next week, which you're just going to rip a, a new arsehole out of me for. So, yes, great.
Have a good evening. Goodbye. Or, or whenever, or morning, or have a good day, depending on when you listen to this podcast. Ugh, Stop God, being just, politically correct, you're better. Still, still doesn't know the actual platform that we are. Anyway, bye! Occasion guy! And Egg White. <laughs>